Welcome to the iFreeSphere podcast presented by iFree Simulations, bringing the voices of the future in medtech into conversation. Today we're joined by Dr. Michael, who is a leading expert in health technology and digital healthcare with over two decades of experience in both academia and industry. He is currently the Wolf's Court Associate Professor in Health Technology at University of West England, Bristol, as well as a visiting professor in digital healthcare at Coventry University. His research interests span a range of fields, including human-machine interaction, virtual and augmented reality, serious games and gamification, as well as mobile technologies for healthcare and well-being. He's also highly experienced in working with the NHS and has managed and owned companies across a variety of industries, leading the introduction of novel technologies, particularly within the healthcare sector. Dr. Michael, thank you for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourself and give a bit of a background on the work you do? Of course, it will be my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me for this session. Uh, my name is Michael Izu, and I'm an Associate Professor in Healthcare Technologies at the University of West of England in Bristol, and also a Visiting Professor at Coventry University. Wonderful. How was it that you sort of came to be interested in this kind of intersection of technology and healthcare, particularly also as well as it kind of links into the academic industry bridging that we'll be talking about today? Well, uh, that's a long story. It started quite a few years ago when I started programming on my first computer. I think it was a Commodore 64, the very young age. But also at the time, I really enjoyed reading medical books that we had at the house. I did my first degree in the field of computer science in Cyprus and then went to Michigan in the United States to do a master's in business and management information systems. Due to my interest in the health field and also for personal reasons, my grandmother suffered from dementia in the last years of her life. I decided that my PhD would be in the field of health technology and more specifically in the training of nurses or working with people with dementia. The system I built and tested used virtual reality scenarios for promoting a more patient-centered nursing approach and emphasizing empathy as a key to an outcome. Wonderful. It's really nice to hear as well. This is also one of the reasons why we work so closely is because this is one of the things which the, the medical sector really benefits highly from is, is integrating more of this understanding of, of patients and empathy that sometimes, as we know, gets missed in traditional training. Indeed, indeed. So link from this, obviously you work quite closely with both industry, like like us, and academia, also University of West England, and, and your, your long academic background. What if you just talk about your experience working in the industry or working with industry, and how that sort of affects your approach to doing R&D projects uh, across both industry and academia? Of course. I think it's very important that in the first years of my work, I work in the industry myself in various different countries. So I can say that my work and also approach to both research and technology development is always interdisciplinary by nature. Having both the industry and research experience allows me to understand collaborators' points of view and also disseminate my work in ways accessible to various stakeholders. For example, different businesses, academics in universities and other organizations, patients, doctors, but also the public in general. Wonderful. And speaking of the public and speaking of public in impact, it's probably time we sort of move ahead to talk about one of the big projects we're working on together at the moment, which is the bridging project, 
So do you, do you mind giving just a bit of an overview of the project itself, as well as your involvement and then your interests? Bits? Of course, it could be a pleasure. So bridging, I think, is going to be one of the most impactful projects I'm working on at the moment. It's been funded by the NHR and Autistica for three years, starting this June. Through the project, uh, the main aim is to help autistic people find and keep a stable job in the field they're interested in. It's a collaboration with various businesses, including Icelandic simulations that will play a key role for this project, empty clubs in Wolfram, different universities, including U at Bristol, Warwick and Coventry, and also charities such as the National Autistic Society, the Kimmel Foundation, and two NHS trusts. I will be the lead for the project for the next three years, and we will use virtual reality scenarios that will be co-created with autistic people, healthcare professionals, and employability experts. These scenarios will help autistic people be successful in job interviews and also experience a new working environment. But also very importantly, they will put the employers in the shoes of autistic people through the simulation. Employers will be able to see with their own eyes how difficult and frustrating it can be for autistic people to take part in interviews and work in environments that are not adapted for accessibility. Wonderful. And it's, it's a project we're so excited about being a part of. There'll be more updates on the project as it rolls out, both on, on Michael's LinkedIn and websites. I believe actually there's going to be a website up for this project. Am I correct? Indeed. Yep. So there'll be a website and we'll be posting updates on our website as well. And really looking forward to seeing the outcomes and, and working with such prestigious partners. That was the one thing we've discussed quite a bit as part of the actual project plan itself is working with different groups like the public. So how do we, how have we kind of approached the, the ethical considerations of developing technology? both for within healthcare and also within this project for autism support? This is one of the first things we always consider before designing a new project. Ethical implications can be really important, especially when working with groups with disabilities, neurodiversity, young people, and so on. For example, the co-design of technologies during focus groups with the end users can really help in looking into the ethical implications. For example, working with autistic people, people with Parkinson's, or people with that had a stroke, that are some of the groups I work with, can help by discussing our goals with them and also healthcare professionals and businesses. For example, for the Bridging Project, we designed and then we will work in transferring scenarios into virtual reality representations in co-creation with autistic people in various co-design sessions. This will make sure that we will include what autistic people really need and not what we think they need into the scenarios. Excellent. And yeah, this is one of the aspects of the project as well, which we find, I personally find also very interesting if this kind of co-design of scenarios, which is something we already do with medical professionals because they have the medical knowledge and it's good to bring us into fields of people living with autism have the knowledge of those scenarios and have the knowledge of and that experience so it makes the most sense for them to be involved at every stage definitely so we're going to start to wrap up and i think we're going to go over to one of the sort of forefront topics that pops up a lot and we get asked about which is which is ai now obviously there's a lot of discussions around ai and use in healthcare at the moment 
We've seen some work around ChatGPT for, for diagnosing, even though it hasn't got the best accuracy in that area. And AI is something we're integrating a lot into our products, especially moving forwards with sort of the, some of the, some of the cutting edge, cutting edge tech. So from your perspective, as someone who again, works both across academia and across industry, can you talk a bit about the role of AI in healthcare tech, both as it is at the moment and how it could be in the future and some of its potential benefits? Of course, uh, as you already know, AI can be used for so many different things. I can say that in my area of work, AI is key for the design of intelligent virtual agents within virtual reality scenarios. These represent one of the most important elements in simulations and games and are crucial to the interaction between patients and healthcare providers. For example, one of my projects aims to research the ethical design and implementation of a trustworthy artificial intelligence model with the target to encourage compassionate, empathetic, and person-centered care for training healthcare professionals. This ethical AI design includes looking into explainability, for example, in the form of providing meaningful and transparent feedback to the patients, but also trustworthiness, for example, engaging diverse audiences and also stakeholders in the design of the scenarios, as we discussed before for the bridging project. Right. And the key, key thing you pointed out there as well was, was explainability. It's, it's not good to have closed box AIs, particularly in healthcare, because the outcomes really need to be transparent. And that's how we're, we're again, very excited about being part of and being involved in with this project. So I want to say thank you for your time, Michael. And we're going to just want to know as we sort of wrap up, can you talk a bit more about other projects and research you're, you're working on at the moment and plans for the future? Of course, it's a bit difficult because there's so many projects I'm working on that are close to my heart, but uh, I will say <laughs> as much, as much time as you'd like. So, uh, for example, a few of the projects include the, the heart project. This is a project we've been working on at UE Bristol and uh, Bristol Medical School and uses AI for the video analysis of heart surgery. So we aim to use the analysis of the heart surgery videos to improve surgeon training and consequently patient outcomes. Another project uh, we're looking at is the use of wearable digital glasses for predicting and avoiding falls for people with Parkinson's. And also another project looks at the creation of visual exercise resources with older people so that it can enhance their physical activity. These are three of the projects that I find very interesting and very importantly can make a real difference in people's lives. And, and if we've got another couple of minutes, I'd also like to talk about a few funded PhD studentships I'm working on at the moment. We managed to go ahead. get funding from different companies, charities and organizations for seven PhD students in the last year. Three of them is the first one is undocumented the virtual reality rehabilitation for patient paralysis, which is a very important subject. The second one is on the role of sport compression garments and also virtual reality technologies for the performance and movement in women's hockey and other sports. And finally, immersive technologies for shorter rehabilitation for people that had a stroke. These are just a few examples, but as you can see, the theme is that we are creating something using a technology that can be of benefit to a person with either a short-term or a long-term condition. Really using the tech to make a difference. It's, it's, it's really wonderful to watch. 
Uh, if people want to find out more about your work, sort of keep up to date with kind of projects you're involved with, what's what's the best place for them to to do so? Um, I think we can start by, you know, we can include a link maybe to some of my publications and also as soon as we've got the bridging website on, then it would be lovely and we can share that for people to see some of the work we'll be doing in, you know, one of the biggest projects that we're going to work on for the next few years. Sure. Where would you like to link about you specifically, Jonas? Uh, you can follow me and my work on LinkedIn and you can find the link in the description. Thank you. Thanks for listening to iFreeSphere. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to get the latest episodes as they are released. And for more information, follow iFree Simulations on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Links in the description below. And visit our website at iFreeSimulations.com for news and updates on our work towards the future of MedTech.